Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. here and welcome to the show and I'm joined today by Ian White. After obtaining his Bachelor of Science from the University of New South Wales and graduating from the New South Wales College of Natural Therapies, Ian has been practicing successfully as a naturopath for over 40 years. He is the founder of the Australian Bushflower Essence and is a a fifth-generation Australian herbalist. Ian has spent over 30 years traveling all over Australia, researching and developing a range of over 70 specific bush essences. Ian is the author of five major books and runs regular seminars and workshops on the bush essences in over 30 countries throughout the world. And he also does online workshops as well. Ian is joining me today. We're going to be talking primarily about, I want to talk about life as a natural path, but I also want to talk a lot about bush flower and the power of bush flowers to heal. So Ian, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have you on the show. My pleasure, Lauren. So Ian, I need to ask you how it all sort of began. I know that you come from a long line of herbalists. I know that this has really been from the maternal line of your family, but I'm really curious about whether or not you were always spiritual. Did you sort of come to earth that way? How did it sort of began for you? Well, I probably did, though I wouldn't have remembered it. So I grew up in um, Terry Hills, which is northwest of Sydney, about an hour from the CBD. And uh, my parents' property backed onto Kringai Chase National Park, as did my grandmother, who lived the next property below. You could clamber down a cliff or go a dirt road to her house. So as a young boy, I, I found it far more exciting spending the day with her than going to school. So I developed this habit usually after my father left work he was a pharmacist but also a herbalist um and my mum was a soft touch and she was a a bookkeeper so i'd be doubled up in pain pleading that i wanted to go to school oh no i think you're far too sick you better go and spend the day with your grandmother and you know we'd go bushwalking i'd help her make up all the tinctures and extracts and um generally had a really good time and I think the legacy I got from that was in the bush. There are all these plants, very powerful healing qualities. My grandmother and great-grandmother were some of the first white people looking at medicinal properties of Australian plants. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when uh, I would have been about uh, eight, my grandmother went traveling overseas and she got separated from all her bags. And she was a heavy smoker and unbeknown to the family. She'd been riddled with cancer even before I was born, but she kept the bay with her various herbs. But without them and the stress of traveling, she got very sick, went into a comb, was flown back. And none of that information was written down. Now, I've got a couple of books talking of you know formulas and plants that they use, but a lot of knowledge, unfortunately, was lost. But like the indigenous people around Sydney got killed off with influenza and smallpox. So... You know, I I went off, I was studying at university, I was doing a science degree, holidays, I went traveling to India, got pretty ill emotionally and physically and came back a bit of a mess. And that led me to working with herbs and um, got really interested again in natural therapies. And, you know, when I finished my degree, really, I realized which I've been trying to combine with natural therapies, that's what I was interested. So I then went off and studied and became a naturopath. I think that uh, you said something really key there, which I want to, you know, sort of jam on with you in a second, which is about you mentioned physical and emotional. And I think that we don't always necessarily think about putting those two together. Um, I just want to also, you know, I guess, empathize with the fact that when we have this knowledge and it is sort of taken away from us, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of wisdom that's kind of left there, maybe for us to discover ourselves in a new way. Do you think that, you know, there might have been a silver lining on some level about you kind of finding your own methodology and, and your own connection to the plant kingdom? Yeah, it was really, you know, like I suppose the family tradition being looking at, as you mentioned, the physical where, um, 
what happened, I, I've ended up looking more the emotional and the spiritual. And if we look at traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, they'll say like 90% of our symptoms stem from those emotional spiritual imbalances. And they've had you know, thousands of years observing human nature to be, be very specific that if you're very fearful, then you'll end up with kidney problems. If you're very angry, then you're going to have problems with the liver. So you know, by working on that emotional triggers and the causes, you end up by default, if you like, working on the physical. Yes, I love that. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in our time together is about a major mistake that I've been using in terms of bush flower uh, remedies. So I'll I'll share that with you and our listener at home in just a moment. But can we talk a bit about how your work with um with the plant kingdom complements your work as a natural path? One of the things that I think is so fantastic and interesting about life is that as we get older and we learn new ways of doing things, I sort of feel that we have almost this backpack of tools that we can share with other people. And they're not always derived from maybe the the training that you did at the college, for example. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, I think when I graduated, I was a, a homeopath, really. And, um, you know, I this was back in the in the 70s. And you know, I've been exposed at the college to bark flower remedies, which I really like. The fact that they were simple, anyone could use them. You didn't have to be trained for three years as in medicine or homeopathy to be able to use them. But no one was working with Australian plants, so I didn't do too much with them. And, you know, like, then I got in, you know, I, I used to like hands-on with my patients, but in homeopathy, you're repertising, you know, you're asking questions, looking at all your books, trying to match all their symptoms to a single remedy. And but I like that hands on. There really wasn't time to either do a massage or you do that. And then I got, you know, um, exposed to kinesiology, which was lovely. You could do muscle testing, you know, and you had the hands on the interaction with people. And and then it was really in a similar way that I was already established as practitioner. A friend of mine who I'd shared a house with when we were students, he'd been diagnosed with bowel cancer. And this was a young man, early 30s, charismatic, successful in all areas of his life. Last person you think would have a serious illness. And as well as doing my naturopathy, when I and getting involved with herbal medicine, when I came back from India, I started doing Tai Chi yoga meditation. So he asked me as a result of that background, if we'd run a healing circle for him. And, you know, all our friends were, in shock that he was sick so we all came there was some you know directing visualization meditation sending energy and when they operated next day they found out that the cancer had spread everywhere through his body and so we kept that healing circle on a regular basis and he died about six months later and shortly after his death in the meditations in the healing circles i started getting pictures of plants told what to do and make them up and probably because of my husband yeah, it was, yeah. I didn't know the plant. There'd be a little caption underneath for the botanic name, and I'm I'm more feeling meditation, not so much visual. So that was very exciting. And you know, I'd be, you know, told to go and make flannel flower in a particular. I think flannel flower doesn't grow there, and I'd go there, and there's a mass of flannel flower. And oh my god! And because I had the remedies, and I was already in practice, I found there was a synchronicity. Patients coming to me all needed that particular essence. Um, that I just made so a, I was oh, this is on the right track but also yeah. gave me the opportunity to observe how they worked and you know for about two years I was in the bush all the time researching a couple of essences came through in dreams and you know in those days I was only giving the remedies in a singular way probably because of the homeopathic background and then right. um, you know if a man came his wife who I'd been treating, eight months pregnant, involved in a horrendous car accident. She was in a coma. They didn't think she was going to make it, had lost the baby. Mm-hmm. And in a voice, he said, I know there's something you can do to help. And invoice told me to mix five remedies together. And that became the basis of what's become our first combination that I ever used on the patient, but also the emergency essence. So it was interesting how the homeopathy led to that. And, um, you know, like I, I don't see patients full time, but, you know, like I, I like doing it and, you know, like I'll weave in with, especially with kinesiology, it seems a very nice way to 
and, and numerology. I studied numerology when I was studying my naturopathy. So it gives you great quick insights into what's going on for a person. Then you've got the essences to help balance it. But it's, it's like you said, like you, you have a toolkit. Yeah. And, you know, like, oh, okay, you can use this or you know, maybe prescribe they go and get some herbs as well. Or, you know, maybe some fasting would be really good. And within essences, there's the 70 bush essences, but there's also three ranges of spiritual essences. So it's almost like you've got, ah, oh, this person needs a flower. This one's going to need something else. And like from that toolkit, you can, you know, find what the people need. And I believe you don't attract someone as a patient to you unless you can be of help to them. So, you know, like all the, and sometimes you're just talking to them and you get this flat something that, Oh, tissue salt. You haven't used those for a long time, for example, and you and they seem <clears throat> appropriate to use. I love that so much. I will say as well, I have used emergency and I really like it. And uh, I will I will talk about some of my my faux pas, my big faux pas a little bit later. You know, when you were speaking in number one, I want to say that one of the affirmations that I use is I attract uh, those physical and non-physical in harmony with me. And that's kind of my agreement with source energy as well, that anybody that I'm attracting to, to help or to work with is really somebody that I can serve. I think much like what, what probably you've intended when you were speaking, one of the things that came to mind, you know, going back to the toolkit concept here was that you seem very in tune with your intuition. And it's funny because last year I discovered, I remembered, I'll use the words at the same time, that I'm a medium. And it's been one of the biggest tests of, I guess, trust and and um, intuition ever, you know, to get that information to come through and and to back that. You started in the plant world from such a young age. Did it become something that was easy for you to do, to get that vision of a plant in meditation and to go out there and to start working with that? Did you sort of have already ingrained practices about how to trust your intuition? Because that's a big part about what I think people miss sometimes. Yeah, probably not in that when my grandmother died, you know, end up going back to school and, and still go out in the bush. But in terms of that healing qualities, you know, like I, I don't remember specific plants anymore, just left with that legacy that, oh, these plants have strong healing qualities. Mm. Um, and I think for me, you know, we've all got different gifts. And I think meditation um, was really that key to helping um, fine tune that that intuition probably the experience of being out in the bush and with plants and having a very you know feeling very comfortable with them you know from if we look at past lives i think i've been a herbalist as a but often as a, a monk or a hermit and you know this lifetime was like well no you can't just in the back you've got to you know take that information knowledge you have and share it a bit more than what you've done in the past so um and you know, with, with my patients workshops, I say, look, meditation, I think, is one of the most important things people can do. Okay, not only reducing the stress, but getting that own inner guidance and direction. And, you know, for me, it was getting really sick in India, which led me to getting back into healing. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if I had been doing meditation earlier, I wouldn't have had to go through the traumatic experience of what I went through of, you know, getting very ill in India, that sometimes we need those Mack truck experiences to sort of shift yeah. us back on the right path when we've gone wandering off too far from what we originally set off to do. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, I always find that that's the silver lining in some of those situations. I would not wish a Mack truck on anybody. And when I've had that before in the past, I'm like need, needing to make a conscientious effort of noticing the signs before it gets to that stage. But I love, you know, the resilience that that people show. And especially when we're on the spiritual path where we kind of understand in a way that things are really aligning themselves or realigning themselves for us to find our way to our true purpose. You said in your book, and, and I will say that I have the Australian Bushflower Remedies book, which I just think is so beautiful and I love it. And I want to tell you a little bit later about how I've also been using it, which is interesting. But one of the things that you mentioned in there as you talk about how these bush flowers can really assist us in clearing our blocks to really connect us to our higher self. And I was just sort of wondering if you could speak 
a little bit more about that. And, and just before you do, I do want to say that you, you talked about, you know, almost your ability to be able to really listen to that inner guidance. Do you ever, that's another question, but I'll throw it to you anyway. Yeah. You know, how important is it for us to connect to our higher selves, ourselves versus looking outside of ourselves to connect to ourselves, which I think many people get lost in that sort of journey of doing that. Yeah, I think if you if you when you realize that guidance is flowing down, we can tap into it. It it, it takes a lot of the struggle out of life and gives you that confidence that, you know, you're not doing it all alone and you can really just like ah, get all this amazing help and come through. And 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 sometimes there's a lot of doubt, like, you know, if you've just discovered that mediumship quality, and as you said, to trust it, it's a big yeah. thing. Yeah. And I know with, you know, that being able to tune into the plants when I'm guided to make an essence and listen and communicate with the diva of the flower to to get that information. What is the healing quality of this flower? And, you know, I, I used to worry that what happens if that suddenly stops? You know, like I've had this ability and then back in the early days, what happens if I tune a plant? I don't get anything anymore. So that was always a little bit of a, a worry. But, um, yeah, I think from that stillness you get so much information that you, you 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 feel good within yourself you think wow that's i'm able to achieve a lot like i was writing a book and didn't in a meditation it came through basically the whole layout the template of what the book would be you know i've been thinking about that on a conscious level and then like you know 20 minute meditation you know in probably a few minutes of that 20 minutes the whole thing just fell into place. Oh yeah, this will be the introduction. This is the chapters. This is the flow of how the book will go. And it's like being able to access all that inner wisdom. You know, it's it allows you that that confidence and to know that there's more than just your mind and the you know doing everything. That there's yeah. just the other aspect of yourself, and it gives you that fuller picture and feeling good about who you are in in totality. You know, when I'm talking to you, you do have that beautiful energy of being present, of being here in the now. Do you think that your connection with the plant kingdom has really assisted you in, in being present? And on the same note, I would love to know if you feel comfortable to share how you work through some of your limiting beliefs, such as the fear that you mentioned earlier about maybe not being able to access the wisdom of, of the plants. Yeah, look, I... I... I think any time that you're out in nature, you're gonna it's gonna ground you and you can pick yeah. up all that healing energy of the plants. And even if people have never heard of flower essence, I think when they know how they feel when they go walking in nature, it's basically that's what the essences are. It's like a, yes. a, a manifested physical version of what we just intuitively pick up and how we feel when we feel in nature. Um so you know, and I think during those crazy times of COVID when people, you know, were restricted and, you know, my local area in Sydney, like you couldn't, you couldn't even just lie on the beach, you know, you had to be physically active and a lot of people weren't even allowed to go to beaches and they were locked up and, you know, not being able to get in contact with nature made people very anxious and fearful as well as what, you know, what else was going on around them. So um certainly having that ability to sort of go out in nature is is very grounding for you yeah mm -hmm. and one of my other passions is body surfing so luckily i live very close oh. to the beach and you know there's a a lot of my work it tends to be a predominance of, of, of females in there like in my workshops you know we have 85 percent women yeah and predominance of women in, in you know we have 20 staff and i think there's only um two other men there so body surfing, there's this group of men that we go body surfing every morning. There's three in their 80s, quite a few in the 70s. I'm just a young whippersnapper in the 60s. And, you know, so that's, A, you get out in, in the water and nature and it also helps ground you as well. You know, you're walking barefoot on the sand to get out in the water. So all of those things, uh, being in, with the plants or, or being in nature generally is going to ground you. Do you think that also helps when you have those worrying beliefs and those negative thoughts? I know for myself, I think that's one of my big challenges is being here in the now, being present and not allowing the monkey mind to kind of run away with itself. 
do you find that, yeah, do you have any tips or tricks that you used in the past? I know that you definitely have some bush flower remedies that can yes. assist people <laughs> with that. Uh, but, you know, for yourself, you know, when you were talking about that limiting belief or that fear that maybe the connection wouldn't be there, did, did that go away when you were amongst? Well, because it, it never left, but it was like in the back of my mind, what about if suddenly this all stops? I stopped getting that communication yeah. directly with the plants and, um, uh, fortunately, it, it never did. And I think the more that you keep your, your own spiritual practice, whether it's doing the rosary or it's doing Tai Chi or it's meditation, I, I think that's just going to strengthen all those skills and abilities and allow that, as you talked about, the higher self to come through where you get that greater understanding. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the flowers is called Black-Eyed Susan, and it's a remedy for people always on the go, trying to do too much. They usually poor time managers as a sense of rushing and stress. And, you know, for me that I recognize that as my constitutional remedy. And, you know, I think working with that essence and also doing meditation have been real, the two saving graces for me. I shudder to think, you know, what I'd like if I hadn't had those, you know, 40 years of doing meditation and things like mm. that. So um, I, I think there's lots of tools that we can do. I think we can recognize where our, our areas that aren't so strong needing a bit of um, boosting up. And then, you know, like that's certainly for me, the essences can come in and help with that. Yeah, 100%. Just before we get into the whole conversation of the essences, because I feel like there's going to be some, some great insights you'll be able to share in terms of that subject. I want to know, to, you know, for you, what do you believe is the higher self? Uh, I think that's the yeah, it, semantics gets a bit tricky here, doesn't it, Lauren? It does. <laughs> it does. That the higher self is almost like that um, that soul aspect of a self that comes here to learn and grow and integrate experiences. And it's it's that part which directly connects us back to spirit, about the, the spiritual essence of who we are, what we've chosen, not just this lifetime, but say this whole series of incarnations on this planet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, we've you know, we've got our personality and we've got all the um a thing called mass consciousness so the thoughts and feelings of every person who's ever lived on the planet it's like this psychic cloud around the planet so when a baby is born they just take on all these beliefs and fears and all the joys all those emotions that people have previously experienced and then you've got your family limiting patterns as well and you know your personality and you know clouding all over that 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 the spiritual essence of who you are yeah. And often, you know, we forget that connection of who we were, what we were doing in the spirit realm before we come down. So, you know, they, it's it's that sense of this is who I am. This is what I've come here to do. And, you know, like I'm more than just the personality. Yeah. And it's so fascinating. I, I want to share with you and I, I've mentioned it on the show before, but um. So Eckhart Tolle is, I always talk about him ad nauseum, but you know, he, he really taught me so much about being in the present moment and all that kind of stuff. And have you read his books, Ian? No, I, I've listened to some of his tapes and it's interesting that you've had great benefit staying in the now. For me, he puts me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so Maybe I have to read his books rather than listen to him. <laughs> Yes, that's very possible. Um, and it's funny because many people have that. But one of the things that I wanted to to share is that he shares the story of how he wanted to commit suicide. And he was in this situation where he said to himself, I cannot live with myself any longer. And then when he did that, he went, I cannot live with myself any longer. There must be two of me. And when he said that there must be two of me, he had sort of a separation where he, he started to understand the personality versus, I guess we could say the higher self in this, in this situation here, the soul. And it's funny because I, I read that many, many years ago and I listened to him on a regular basis and I was reading another book and they use that example as well, not his, but they use that. There must be two of me. Mm -hmm. And I remember I said it out loud to myself. I cannot live with myself any longer. There must be two of me. And I felt almost like this suction into the back of my head where I went, there I am. 
there I am in present. There I am as the soul and not as the personality and not as the mind. And I wanted to share that because I just know how much healing I got from that one thing mm -hmm. that it really put me in almost, I've been calling it in the soul seat. I know Gary Zukok calls it, calls it the, the seat of the soul, but it puts me in that higher awareness for you. Is there anything that you do that to kind of take yourself out of being the personality? Is it just about that awareness? Is it, are there, there tools that you use that on a regular basis, maybe the body surfing is a good example of that? Yeah, for me, I think when I'm actually in the bush and I'm working with the flowers, if I'm making an essence, I'm really just tuned in. It's It's like, as a part of me disappears and it's just taking in, allowing all that, because there's usually a very strong spiritual presence when essence is being made. It's just like tune, feeling all that and, and connecting very much to the plant, feeling what the message the plant is conveying back to me. And it's, um, it, it just flows so well. And, you know, it's like, I, it, it's like that second part of you takes a back step and, and that spiritual part is just fully there and yeah. aware of everything going on around you. I had this experience a couple of months ago where I was outside on my deck and I'm very lucky. I live on a beautiful property and there's, we have neighbors, but they're not very close. And, and I remember I was standing out and, you know, spoiler alert, I did have a couple scotches, I will just say, but I was very in tune with what was going on around me. And I felt it was like, I felt the 5D. I felt the oneness of all that there is. It's as though I could feel the wind through my skin. And I just felt everything around me singing. And it was absolutely incredible. And it's not a feeling that I have all the time. Although if I put myself in the position again, not, not having all the scotch, but standing out there with the intention of connecting to that feeling of nature and oneness, I just feel that, you know, that nature, yeah, that that's singing to us. It's telling us a message. It's, it's connecting with, with our energy and, and with our soul. Do you remember the first time that happened for you? I'm not sure it's the first time, but one of the essences that it, it, it's actually the logo for our company is the Waratah. And it, it's in the David realm, they say there's five master, yes, five master flowers on the planet. And Waratah is one of those. And it was the only flower the Aborigines gave to the white settlers when they came because it was their highest flower. And, you know, I got all the information about Waratah, but then it was right at the end of the flowering season. So, um, you know, because I'd, uh, been in contact with this fellow who was John Dixon. He was a professor of botany at Sydney University. He told me that there's an area in the Blue Mountains, which is a couple of hours inland from Sydney, so it's colder and therefore the flowers come out a little bit later, that they were renowned for the last flowering um, Waratahs in the state. And he gave me their contact number. And they said, well, because you come through, you know, um, Professor Dixon, we'll let you know where that spot is. We trust him. And I, you know, I didn't want to have to wait like it would have been 10, 11 months before this remedy able to make it around Sydney. And I knew it helped so many people. And, uh, you know, I was able to rearrange, cancel a lot of appointments, so create the space to make it a few days time. And the weather changed the night before. It was really raining very heavily. The forecast in the Blue Mountains that day was going to be bucketing with rain. And it was heavy in Sydney. It was about a two-hour drive for me. And I thought, oh, the night before, is it worth going? And then in the meditation, I saw a beautiful waratah. And I thought, this is this is a very good omen. Yes. So next morning, getting bucket and rain. When I got there after the drive, it was still heavy rain. You know, I went wandering around the area. And there were a lot of waratahs, but they passed their peak. In fact, the people who said I could go there said we were there about a week before They've all finished flowering or they're not in perfect bloom, but you're welcome to have a look. And just being that close with so many Waratahs, there's wonderful energy to it. So I was just enjoying it, but the rain was heavy. Then I went down a, a, a gully and there was a creek. And next to the creek was 
a waratah in full bloom. And when I looked closer, the markings on the stem were the same as the waratah I'd seen the night before in the meditation. So I just sat down and I was just, you know, had the umbrella and I'm meditating. And then all of a sudden, just around me, there was a, about a, a three meter diameter of sunlight suddenly as if the clouds being pulled and the sun came down it's like whoa this is a bit spooky so I, I got all my equipment out and I was expecting just to disappear and it didn't so I you know prepared the essence and that sunlight stayed around the the waratah in the bowl for the full two hours and the exact time when I was taking the waratah out to pour the water into the brandy which is the the concentrate them the sky went black and started hailing. And while I was, you know, this shaft of sunlight, if, you know, um, there was probably, a, it was dry for about another 10 meters and then the rain was coming down. It was, it was, it was almost like spirit was saying, okay, you've got two hours starting now and it yeah. pulled the clouds apart. And it was just like, this it was, for me, I, I think I put a chapter in my first book called The Magic of Making the Essences, that synchronicity or how things happen to, you know that there's real alchemic interaction between not just me and the plant kingdom, but also the spiritual kingdom when the essences are being made. Yeah. I love that story so much. And you really paint such a strong picture about that communion with that flower, right? The, yeah. the exchange of that energy. Can you share a little bit about the process of harvesting or yeah. receiving the so, remedy? Yeah. The earliest records of flower essence use go back to ancient Egypt. So we're looking 3,000 years ago. There's records where the, in papyrus where they'd collect the dew of flowers to treat emotional imbalances. And the earliest written records outside of or European written records is Hildegard von Bingen. Um, and I'm sure probably many people listening will have heard, know her through her music. She was an abbess born in 1098. She recently became a Catholic saint. You have to wait a long time if you <laughs> to be sainthood for sometimes. And she ran a monastery. She had, you know, advocated education for women is equal to boys. She brought through a lot of information on nutrition, on herbs, and she would have the nuns lay muslin sheets out overnight on the flowers. In the morning, they would the, the flowers would have uh, given off their dew, been absorbed in by the muslin sheets. They'd wring it out and they'd use it to treat people's imbalances. And if they were very sick, then they'd wrap them in the sheets for hydrotherapy as well. And, you know, Paracelsus also collected the dew of flowers in this very way. It was around you know, the 16th century. And if we look at Indigenous cultures, like different parts of Australia, history of using the flowers in South America, Brazil, um, India, Malaysia. So there's a lot of use of flowers for healing emotions. And then a lot of that knowledge seemed to be lost. And we had a modern rediscoverer, a man, man called Edward Bark, who's a, a Welsh doctor. And in the 1930s, he developed the Bark flower essences, 39 remedies from predominantly English plants and he did two methods he would pick flowers put them in water and the sun would release that healing energy of the flower into the water or sometimes he would boil the buds to get it now one of the remedies i make up is the boab the boab trees grow in the kimberleys and when i made this essence up a couple of years ago it was 47 degrees that day so we don't need oil the essences and so I use that, you know, out of reverence, I think, for, for Bach, I use that same, what he called the sunshine method. Because he too originally used to collect the dew of the flowers, but it was very time consuming. He was a quite an impatient character. So he simulated what nature was doing. So I don't grow any of the flowers. So I, I prefer to find them growing in their natural habitats because you know you know what the environment's like here you, you know, mentioned all the heavy rain you've been getting lately yeah. and you know we go through droughts and floods and you know the plants have to be very hardy to survive that way so they're the ones i want to work with not one that you know i've grown i've watered and given it manure and all sorts of different things so um having you know really waited for the plant to communicate to me that it's ready for example Earlier this year, we released the first new bush essence 
in 19 years. So, you know, it's not so much like, oh, I'm bored. There's nothing to do, nothing on Netflix. I think I'll go and make a flower essence. It's really <laughs> waiting for that plant to communicate to me that its time is ready. Oh, wow. And having, you know, that communication already started, you know, I'll go to a pristine environment. And first thing I do then is just to, because sometimes I might have to drive for, you know, an hour or two, then you're walking sometimes a couple of hours to get to the location. So I'll, I'll sit, ground myself, do some meditation. Then I'll draw the flower or do the photography. And this allows you to look in detail at, at the how many petals, how many stamens. And, and I find this ties in very nicely with my numerology that, Ah, it's got five petals. We know it's working strongly on the emotions or it's got yellow in color therapy. No, this is probably going to be working on a mental level. So you're getting all those clues. And there's a, a term called doctrine of signatures where the shape, the color, the location where the plant grows are all clues as to the healing quality of that particular flower. So by drawing it, that gives me that insight. Oh, I, I get new awareness about it and then i'll meditate with the flower again this time asking the diva to you know what is the healing gift that's bringing to humanity and just being open to any other messages that come through and at that point when i feel like okay that's i've got the information i need the flower is picked and again i would ask permission rather than oh grab a flower put in the bowl and sometimes i had a strong sense that no it's, this is not an appropriate flower but on another bush nearby it's okay so oh. maybe there were disease in the roots or the life force wasn't as strong and even on still day so let's say i'm working with a, a bush you know maybe it's a couple of meters tall lots of flowers and i'll say which one wants to be used to help heal humankind and on still days, some will start shaking and vibrating. It's almost saying, pick me, pick me. And you can tune in. You can feel the energy of a flower. Like how far back does the energy, you know, go of that flower? And the ones which are shaking, vibrating, almost invariably have the, the strongest energy. It's almost like the plant saying, these are my best examples. Take these ones. So... Then I try and keep myself separate so I wouldn't touch the flower I'm picking, but I use maybe a leaf or a stem to pluck the flower so I'm, I'm separate from it energetically and I'll take it to a bowl filled with water and I'll fill the surface area of the bowl with the flowers. Now, if you're dealing with a Banksy, you may not need very many or a guy me lily. It's like trying to find a bowl big enough for just the one flower anyway. And in England, when Bach was doing his work, it took about four hours for the sun to release the energy. But our sun's stronger, so it's about an hour and a half of direct sunlight to release the vibration of the flower into the water, at which point the flowers are discarded. That water is added to brandy because that's the water has the healing vibration. And that's what we call the mother tincture, and it's diluted down to a stock strength, which is a practitioner or someone who's going to use the essence a lot would use and they, from the stock, they would make up a dose bottle, which is what the strength the person takes. And for bush essences, we take seven drops morning and night for two weeks. If it's emotional, if it's physical, we take it, say, for a month. Wow, that was awesome. What a ride. Okay, Ian, I just want to say, first of all, that I've always been very curious. And I know that in past lives, I worked with plants, and I just haven't tapped into that yet in this life. And I'm in the process of remembering. And that was so cool when you were talking about the amount of petals and, and what came to me right away was, you know, okay, so some flowers have, you know, let's say curved petals that might be softened. There might be a softening quality of that, whereas some might be more spiky. That might be more action oriented, maybe more of a yang energy, for example. Yeah. When you, that was so cool. Thank you for sharing that in that way. That was just awesome. When you're making this mix, how do you know that the flowers have done their job do you notice that the life force within them has has changed yeah, I'll, I'll tune in and to work out specifically how long it needs and if you at, at that time at that point when they've released there's it's like the flowers go limp you can feel the energy in the bowl change mm -hmm. now you can leave them longer than that but they have to be at least that amount of time okay 
And with brandy, do you just buy brandy from the shop? Or <laughs> no, like we, <laughs> we, um, you know, we've we export to you know forty different countries. So you know, we have a you know large quantities. Um, we get big drums. In fact, you've you've got to make sure your premises are fireproof because it's very inflammable. You've also mm. got um, uh, because we're not using it as a beverage. We've got to account for all the brandy we're used. You know, we get audited to make sure that you know we're not selling it on the oh, slide right. like that. So you know, we um, we we you know we look for manufacturers who can give us large enough quantities of the brandy. Yeah. Oh, that's just so cool. So one of the things that you talked about, and I will tell you that I am my personality type is I prefer to figure things out and then go, oh, that's not how you do it. <laughs> then maybe you'll figure out how to do it. So I'm not very good at reading directions. Okay. That's where I'm actually trying to go with this. But that aside, um, I didn't realize until reading your book that you should be taking these essences for two weeks rising and resting and one of the things i just want to warn the uh the audience that this might hmm. finish very abruptly in a minute after your confession but go on say that again the, i was just saying warning the the viewers that our interview could end abruptly oh yes yes just don't get alarmed if it suddenly stops <laughs> mid-sentence or something like okay you've warned me as well thank you i'll watch my words from now on <laughs> um but yeah i guess I guess what happened, what I've been using bushflower for, and I and I feel that I've been doing it as an injustice to myself and not correctly, is I'll go, oh, I'm I might be maybe spiraling in the head and I don't feel very good or something, you know. So I'll take some emergency, or yeah. maybe I'm I'm struggling today with manifesting clients, so I'll take some abund or or my my you know I feel like my brain isn't as clear and sharp as it could be, so I'll take some boost or cognizance or something like that. Yeah. So, but I think that I've been doing myself a disservice. I think I've been incorrectly using the product now that being said when i use things like rescue remedy before if i have anxiety and i take it right away it really helps me right away so i guess i wanted to talk to you a little bit about that idea and i do know that in your book you do talk about also listening to your own intuition and i have a couple of the white light essences i bought um the devic and also the fire yep. and i've always felt intuitively not to put the fire in the water. It just felt really wrong. So I just always put it under my tongue, which is what I normally do anyway. So I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, about how do, you know, the remedies work? Can they work in the way that I've been using them? And how long, you know, you're talking about working on the emotions maybe for two weeks and longer if necessary, and then maybe a month longer if necessary for the physical. So yeah, can you just elaborate a little bit more on that? And I think those two essences in particular, emergency, like if something acute happens and you get upset, then certainly you can can work on your emergency essence, you know, as, as a one-off one. You might right. take normally suggest taking one remedy at a time. So um, you know, like if you might be taking, say, a bund essence for a two-week period but you get some bad news or you you know you slip and fall over you can certainly take some emergencies one-off yesterday you know like we have a manufacturing license at our, our premises and we go upstairs downstairs and my dog comes in with me on the days I go to the office and uh you know we one of the staff said oh my goodness we just found Rosie and she's she's found a a rat bait now we, this must have been incredibly old. It was behind old pallets, you know. One of the guys who worked there worked there for seven years in the warehouse. He said, "I've never seen um, um, bait like this before." So we don't, fortunately, mind a bit old. But so they found it in her mouth and they pulled it out. And we put it in a tissue, and I'm thinking, "Oh, if it's rat bait, then." This is pretty serious. I'm upset. I took some emergency, gave her some emergency and rushed her off the vet so they could pump a stomach up, hopefully before it got absorbed. So, you know, as, as a one-off remedy, emergency is great in situations like that when there's an upset or what have you. Same as if you've got, you know, you, you're writing something or you've got 
you know, work project and you're, you're not focusing very well, you can use a one-off dose of what used to be called Cognos. We've just changed the name now to Focus. And that's fine. But if you're working with an issue that's been around for longer, let's say you're working with, you know, um, it could be, you know, you're feeling guilty about something. Probably a one-off dose won't be enough to clear it. That's why we're suggesting that you're working with for two weeks. And we say the physical for longer because let, let's take jealousy. If you're if you're jealous, you can see in the aura a murky green. Now, let's say the neighbor's got a new car and you're feeling jealous. You could take some mountain devil and it'll help shift it pretty quick. But if you've been jealous and, you know, for a really long time, or you've, you've got jealousy, rage, hatred, all those emotions affect gallbladder. So if you've been feeling those long enough, it will gradually seep in from those outer bodies and come and impact on the physical and you'll end up, you know, with your gallbladder having some problems. And the classic example that was, you know, a former Queensland politician who was the prime minister at the time who got sacked by his own party. And there was photos of him in the back back benches a few days later. And you could see the rage and the fumes coming out of his head. He was so angry. And then, you know, a message came through about a week later that he'd been rushed off for emergency operation and had to remove his gallbladder. You know, like, so if you've got Amazing. gallbladder problems, those emotions which have triggered it just mean they've been there for a much longer period than if you're just feeling the emotion of, say, jealousy or got some rage happening, whatever. So on emotional level, we'll clear it. But if it's gone for the physical, it's been you've been feeling those emotions for a lot longer. So therefore, you need generally to take the remedies for longer. But we've had people have had amazing physical changes. A woman, she was crippled with arthritis. It was like, you know, deformities. And I gave her remedy Sturt Desert Pea for sadness because she'd had this for about four years, but it started when her husband left her for another woman. So when I gave her the, the Sturt Desert Pea, she rang back four or five days later saying, Ian, all I've done is cry. But she oh. said, you won't believe this. The pain has gone. She couldn't even sit in the chair when she came. She had to stand up because she was in so much pain. And she said, the deformity is gone. Now, if you told that to a rheumatologist that you could lose deformity in five days, they would just laugh at you. So it's totally physically impossible. Yet when you get to that emotional trigger, release, it's amazing. Some of the, the healing that can take place on a physical level. Oh, that's just so powerful. And I feel so much emotion when you say that. I, I just can't even imagine her new lease on life from that. It, it feels to me as though I always knew because I started with the Bach flower and it wasn't until I couldn't get what I used to order that I discovered bush flower, you know, in your business. And, you know, I knew I because I'd read it that, you know, it treated on an emotional level, but I don't really think that I understood that it actually does clear, but you need to commit to it. It's sort of as though, you know, you're saying, okay, I'm making the intention of clearing this thing and I'm going to put in a little bit of the work and co-create with this elixir that I'm, I'm, I'm putting into, to go ahead and, and to move that onwards. Do you find that when people go through, let's say two weeks of that or three weeks, if they feel that it's, it's required that they every so often need to repeat that again? Or do you find that it, it varies from person to person? Sometimes it could clear and never come back, or I guess it's a long life, depending on. Uh, I, I mentioned the black-eyed Susan being like a constitutional remedy. Right. And I think we've all got a constitutional remedy. And what the bush essence can do when you identify that, as you work with it, and, and it'll bring it back more into a balance. But if something happens, you get sick or, you know, you get really upset, there'll be a tendency to go back to that impatient, irritable, annoyed state. Right. But if you've been working with that flower, it'll bring you back into balance a lot quicker. So the first time you take, you might be, well, oh, I've always been like this. Okay, let's take it for a month. Oh, yeah, I feel a lot better. And I'm not, the extremes don't happen as much and you stay more in a balanced state. And if you do go out, it can bring you back a bit quicker. Whereas it could be just, um, you know, I remember was had a car accident a number of years ago and, uh, you know, it was a pea plate and it was a, a bush party and there was a dirt road they overshot 
and pulled over. There was I had learners on. I'm thinking, what's this person doing? And I'm just waiting. And then I decided to carefully go around them. And then they, without indicating, they just did a U-turn and went straight into my car. Oh. And the police came and blah blah blah. Um, and then I got a call from the officer a couple of days later. Say he, they'll go and charge me. And I'm going me. Well, I'm being charged for this. And so I actually went to court, and they they um, you know perjured themselves, came up with all these different stories. And I couldn't stop thinking about that. You know, I, maybe I should have done this now. Why don't I get photos? And I, I I just couldn't stop thinking about it. So we have a remedy called Baronia. So I started working with Baronia, and, and that really cleared it. Now that was a one-off one. So that's it dealt with what I was dealing with, which meant you know it's not going to be coming back again. So oh, yes. if it's something which is just just comes up, maybe it's grief. You know, you're um, you know a loved one has uh, died or your pet died, so you're having a lot of sadness. You know, like the essences will deal with that acute. But if it's something that's always ongoing, that you have a tendency to always feel a bit vague and spacey, or always tend to get overwhelmed, or you're a very anxious, fearful type person, you'll need to work longer with that essence, but it'll bring you back into a balance. Oh, that's just so beautiful. And going back to what you talked about earlier, too, is when we're born, you know, we're being saturated by the ideas of the planet and all of the humans and souls on it as as well as our own families and our dna so we are carrying especially for those of us who i think anyone listening to this podcast would understand about past lives you know we're also carrying however yeah. many lifetimes worth of baggage and worth of trauma and and challenges that that we can clear when we're i guess one of the big parts about it is being aware that it's there finding the correct remedy and then putting in the time and and probably paired with meditation would be helpful as well I would imagine and the nice thing with flower essences is where we're dealing with things you don't have to be trying you can recognize when someone is feeling a lot of sadness or they're feeling rejection because of different things have happened and especially with our children you know they didn't get invited to the birthday party that all the other friends got invited to you're going to feel pretty dreadful so yeah. you know we, we can give them the remedy dealing with that rejection and and what what have you or you know not feeling good or there's something wrong with me and self but you don't have to rehash it all either I mean that's always been one of the kind of the things that I've had is like, I know some people prefer to go back to the trauma and, and rework through it. And I'm not saying, you know, I feel like people need to do what's right for them intuitively. For me, I have more to do here on this earth than, than to go back and worry about stuff that I that's over and done with, honestly. So I want to just heal so I can move forward and do what I came here to do. And yeah. I love that the the flower essences allow you that sort of graceful way of doing that. Although much like the woman who was suffering with the arthritis, there may be tears that need to come. There may be some kind of outlay that has to happen as well alongside that. Sure. And on a physical level, we have a combination called purifying, which is a really good detox. Now, as well as working on liver and kidney, lymphatics, large intestine, it's working with the emotions that go with those organs as well. So it's, it's a very powerful essence. And we've had people who haven't smoked for you know, 10, 15 years. Nicotine's come out on the fingers they used to hold their cigarette with. We have a remedy called Mula Mula, which is dealing with heat, trauma with fire, heat, etc. And we've had people take it old sunburns come out in their body we've even had some quite a few people where burn marks have come out on their legs and they've had flashbacks of being burnt at the stake when we think that you know something like 10 9 million women and a million men were burnt at the stake as witches you know over a 300 year period which were basically all the healers and the church trying to take power from them so if you're a herbalist back then you know you got you're burnt and called a witch oh yeah so, you know, all that on that physical level, still carrying through some of the trauma from, from those areas. Or you find that people who are, they don't want to go swimming, they feel uncomfortable putting their head under water. And you find there's a past life where they've, you know, they've drowned. Now, you don't have to keep going back, but you can work with the essences and you'll shift it. Or sometimes I get flashbacks, especially with the, the white light essences. There's 
four elemental ones, earth, air, fire, water. You, you mentioned the fire that you had there along with the Davic. Yeah. You know, so we've probably all had experiences where we've had, we've died as a result of too much of that element. We've been burnt to death, et cetera, et cetera. You think of all the times in the past where it was wooden houses, the heating and the lighting was fires, or, you know, we've frozen to death. So there's that not enough of that element. So, you know, you don't have to go back and rehash it, but like when you take it, it's interesting some of the quick flashbacks as you're releasing and clearing trauma associated with those elements. Oh, it's just, it's absolutely fascinating. One thing too, that you mentioned when your, your dog uh, got, got rat bait that, that you also used it for your pet. So these things are also fine, aren't they? These bush flowers to assist our animals as well, who, who I believe absorb a hell of a lot of stuff from ourselves so that we yes. don't have to deal with it. Yeah, it's part of their service to us, isn't yeah. it? Take on I nice always stuff. tell my dog, stop it. Let me deal with my own stuff. <laughs> And their program, they probably won't listen on a conscious level to that. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> and and the beauty of the animals and the children, and we're talking about young babies as well, is it's not a placebo effect. They've got no conscious idea why you're giving them remedies, and you can see the results and the change. In fact, it's they don't have as many emotional blocks and barriers to children, so the essences work very quickly, and especially on animals. Look, we, we've had um, – we've actually got a book – written by one of our um our staff on animal healing and you know the anecdotes that we collect from people you know using the essences are fantastic and we even had like one woman in her fish tank one of the fish was getting aggressive attacking the others so she put the mountain devil the remedy for aggression into the water in the fish tank and the behavior settled down so you know like it's you know whether dogs who are um, very distressed because you know the owners are not at home with them at all or very timid dogs or you know all sorts of different things the essences work quickly and, and on cats as well oh it's just so cool so are you familiar with the book heal your body by louise hay yes yeah yeah so your book here which i'm lucky enough to have is the australian bushfire remedy and for our friends on youtube i've, I've held it up but if you're what listening you you won't see it just go to ian's website and you'll see it i'll put links to everything in the show notes by the way but i just love how it said it reminded me a little bit about heal your body and i almost kind of thought okay so you can go through it you can go okay i'm dealing with this fear of success and kind of look and find, you know, almost the, the bush flower that's going to help you with that. So it's sort of set up in a way that you have a negative condition and a positive outcome. So do you think that you, um, you have to have the negative condition to have the positive outcome? Can you want the positive outcome without having the yeah. negative condition? And the positive aspects without having to have the negative. Yes, you can go with both ways. And I, I thought it was sort of interesting to kind of like flick through and see which one I landed on. And yep. uh, what was it that I landed on a little while ago? I landed on, I think it was Boost. I think that's the one that I landed on because I sort of got to the end or something like that. I went to, the, to yep. the end, but it's such a cool book. And one of the things that I love about it is the variety that you have. So I know we're about to wrap up here for a second. Um, I've just absolutely loved talking to you. I will put a link to everything in the show notes. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to speak on? Because the white light essences are are amazing like where you travel to get i mean just ian i could talk to you all <laughs> afternoon that's why i asked you to time stamp this so we're at time now <laughs> yeah in some ways it, it's um the great benefit that we cover so many things you can have someone dealing with addiction you can get another one just dealing with wanting to enhance their creativity or or said look at the spiritual ones clearing spiritual blockages so um and we also have some other books, some some larger books where there's emotional repertory. So you can look in the back. Oh. And, you know, and so if you've got eating disorders or you've got um, rejection or whatever, and then you'll find the essences balancing it that way. Even we've just relaunched our website and revamped it. And, you know, there's a whole section there on symptoms people can go to and it will help you funnel down to find appropriate essences dealing with that. So. Oh, you know, like I think maybe just to summarize, it, it's totally safe. There's no side effects. Um, there, you know, you're getting to the cause of problems, and you know, like yeah. So if you go and have a look, see if there's something there that resonates and jumps up with you. And 
And, you know, like I, I was impressed when you said fear of success. I had a patient two hours ago in the States. We're doing a Zoom. And that's the thing that came up for her was a fear of success. So I, I, I like how your mediumship is coming through. <laughs> things up. Yeah, it happens sometimes. You're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, there that is again. Yeah. And there's essences to deal with with the fears or the sabotages. And so really, I, I see the essences as to give us the strength and courage to uh, follow our life purpose and direction and also to get us in touch with what that is, basically, mm -hmm. and enhance the quality of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And, and just on that beautiful note, like, we're here to do a job. We are not here to, not to do a job. We are here to live our purpose. We're not here. We're not sent to earth. We didn't choose to come here. I believe to suffer. Yeah. And we came here to clear our stuff so we can become the powerful souls that we were meant to be. And, you know, we can choose to suffer or not. Yeah, we've got so much joy open to us. Let's let's go and experience some joy here as well as, you know, having fun doing what we do. Yeah, 100%. Ian, thank you so much. Please do come back on the show anytime you would you feel comfortable. You're more than welcome. And for our listener at home, I will put a link to uh, all of Ian's contacts, his fabulous books, his website, and he's got online courses as well and workshops. And, you know, as Ian mentioned before as well, he does ship internationally. So for our worldwide audience, that's very important for you to know. Thank you, Ian. Thanks, Lauren. Bye-bye. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.